Hi everyone, welcome to the Spin Cycle Podcast, a podcast talking to the groups, personalities and the brand that make the UK and London an incredible place to be a cyclist. Uh, today, we've got two friends of ours, yet another guest of my wedding. Uh, we've got Josh and Corey from ZF Media. Josh and Corey, welcome to the podcast. Are you there? <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess, you know, we, we typically been breaking the podcast into three sections the you know who are you how did you build your thing and then the Q&A so you know starting with who you are Corey maybe we start with you you know how did you how did you get into cycling originally and I guess who are you as a person okay so I mean I started cycling probably about 13 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Um, mostly just took it up a couple of guys that I used to work with. Uh, so, you know, as part of the other stuff that I was doing at the time, I was working in IT. There's a few guys that started uh, started cycling and a few guys that raced previously. Uh, they, they got bikes, they were commuting in and out of work and going to a few different bits and bobs. And uh, it always took my fancy as a kid. I used to watch um, the Tour de France back in the early 90s and stuff like that. So it's always something I've been into. Um, so... You know, they kind of coaxed me out of the bike and I started much the same way as everyone. Didn't really want to get into it too much and felt a bit of a lemon wearing all the lycra and stuff. So um, started out on, you know, on a bit of a, a commuter bike. Um, I think my first first bike that I bought as I got older anyway was a, was a giant um, a flat bar, um, like a crossover bike. So, yeah, just uh, cruised around those for a while and then the bug got me again from when I was a kid and... Uh, slowly invested every spare penny I had into cycling and spent a little bit more time doing it. So I guess I'm probably not, I never really went down the racing route. Um, I like collarbones and my legs and I need my fingers for working. So uh, <laughs> not really an option. So I tend to, tend to, I like, you know, not so much the cafe culture, more the pub culture and riding with my mates and enjoying myself and getting away and getting lost in the mountains and generally being extremely slow. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into cycling, and it's just kind of snowballed from there, really. And and Josh, how about you? I kind of fell into cycling um, probably about eight years ago or so. Like I had a kid, mm. went from a physical got job to an office job, got extremely overweight, ended up at like eighteen stone or something, and then I bumped into Corey at a party, and he was like, "Get a bike." So I went home probably, and like maybe a couple of days ago, oh, a couple of days later, mm-hmm. I got on eBay, got a Claude Butler bike. Oh yeah, started riding. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was extreme. <laughs> I tried to home from the. Office. I remember those Claude Butler yeah. days. Oh, OG it didn't Rand. Last it didn't last long. <laughs> but I tried to ride home from the office, which is about ten k. Um, I had to stop three or four times couple of chocolate bars on the way home because I'd seen that on YouTube. <laughs> and then tried to ride home, ride back to the office the following day. He rode past me, like didn't even know it was him. Yeah. But he just gave me one of those, all right? <laughs> and I was like blowing away. <laughs> my mum's come to me and drive me into the office. <laughs> no. And the rest is history. <laughs> and funny enough, uh, probably about a year or so later, uh, we've been riding together for a while and we've kind of been doing different bits and bobs and it turns out Josh is an animal he uh, carried on riding all the time lost loads of weight and I've been trying to stay on his wheel ever since and I repeatedly get dropped so it just goes to show it doesn't take 
much to get faster than me. <laughs> so the, the, essentially the apprentice became the master, is that what you're saying happened here? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. It's what he tells people. Like, I've always been 10 kilos lighter than Corey. You are. According to Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to it's it. It's all about setting your own narrative. <laughs> so how did uh, how did you guys properly meet? As you mentioned, a house party. Then was it? Were, have you always been like lifelong friends? Or no, we met in a pub. Yeah, we had a kind of crossover in a pub, through mutual friends, and it just kind of went from there. We became properly close after cycling. Yeah, really. pretty much. Yeah, so oh. there was a, a local pub that we used to go to. Um, and you were sort of phasing out as I was phasing in into the pub in the same group of friends. Uh, people often thought we were the same person. People still do think people we're the same still person. do think we're the same person, as you can tell. No one can get it right. Yeah, no one. <laughs> but yeah, but people thought we were the same person for quite a while. And um, yeah, it was pretty much afterwards. I think it was again for a mutual friends. We kept talking about cycling. I mean, I was I was into it. My mate. He used to call me a gimp and all sorts of like art. And he's like, oh, Josh wants to get stuck. And I was like, yeah, no, I did bump into him and whatnot. And then we started riding uh, together a bit more often. And mm. um, I mean, he only lived about 2K away from my house. So it was easy to like loop each other in on any rides that we were doing. It was just really convenient. And it just kind of yeah. went on from there, really. It turns out we're both a pair of idiots, so we get on quite well. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what type of riding rides do you do now compared to back at back at the beginning we seem to have got busier so we ride less I'd probably say yeah like frequency outside's less we turn into a pair of loners to be honest so we spend mm. quite a lot of time on the turbo because yeah. I mean just with the I guess the game that we're, we're in at the moment we tend to excuse me we tend to spend a lot of time taking pictures of other people riding bikes and enjoying themselves and, and stuff like that so your weekend's taken up with you know photography jobs or content creation or editing or or videos or whatever it may be and uh, generally the time that you're going to get on bikes is you know you've got an hour on your lunch break you shoot out for a quick hour you jump on the turbo um, but I mean in terms of style of riding we probably started off mainly road yeah wasn't it really and now we do a little bit of everything anything I can get my hands on if it's got two wheels I'll ride it to be honest <laughs> there's a joke in that <laughs> yeah there is yeah 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 that's what I was saying I was like there you go <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe that's a good segue to go into the second section. We'll be right back after this break. Yeah. Love yeah. It. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, so, guys, uh, how did ZF Media start? Organically, yeah. I would say. To be okay, yeah. Kind of, it's hard to say how it started and where it started. I started kind of zero fucks CC during lockdown on a whim mm-hmm. after a bike ride, just a random Instagram page, never really had any, like any real idea of selling anything or taking it anywhere. It was just fun to showcase people that didn't really care yeah. about yeah. what they looked like on a bike, kind of the size they were, mm-hmm. like what they were riding, just people that were free to just ride their bikes and have fun. So that's kind of where it started, showcasing that. And then Corey joined in because we basically do everything together anyway. So. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. There's <laughs> another one in there, yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess, yeah. So in the beginning of lockdown, um, you know, you couldn't really ride with people. So we'd kind of set our routes out and, you know, kind of pass each other on the other sides of the road. And, oh, I've got a puncture. Yeah. And we'd talk <laughs> to each other over the road and stuff like that. And then, then when you could kind of, you know, keep your social distancing and stuff, we'd ride together. And um, it kind of came up about that, to be honest. Because mostly, I'd say at the beginning, we were posting quite a lot of our bits onto our, our personal Instagrams and stuff like that, but you've kind of got your old, you know, it's like you've organically grown something. Yeah. It's just your old school friends and family members and stuff like that. And, you know, people don't really want to see you out on your bike and, and this and that. And it becomes such a passion, I guess, and such a, a driving force behind everything that we kind of did from an online perspective. It kind of made sense to do something different. And that's kind of where Josh came up with the whole zero fucks thing because, Generally speaking, we don't really care what anyone thinks about what we do and how we do it, as long as or, or what anyone else does and how we're doing it. And I think it's one of the things from a cycling perspective, I would say, and the cycling scene, it, it's changed a lot maybe over the last sort of five years. But originally it was quite uh, a little bit elitist. Yeah. Um, it was well, extremely elitist. It was, it was very <laughs> much about what, you know, what power you put out or before power, what you know, what your zone heart rates were and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, what's your average speed? No one would take it seriously unless you could do 30k an hour plus, you know. You go out for some group rides with clubs and it would be a very much be, especially if you sat between groups, yeah. you know, you, you get up towards your G1, uh, G2, G1, yeah. and people take themselves a lot more seriously, you know. Just get in the pace line, do your turn, this, that. No time to stop. If you get dropped, make, make your own way home and stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of like, this is my spare time I'm very serious you know at work and I've got a family a wife and two kids you know you've got to be very serious 98% of your time getting on the bike my time to let loose and that's kind of where the whole zero fucks attitude came from because we just wanted to do what we want but um yeah Josh kind of had the drive to, to to set something up and then that kind of organically grew into doing kit and t-shirts and stuff like that and that kind of built and you know in order to do all of that um kind of fell into the photography a little bit. Well, we've I mean, always been into cameras and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've been taking pictures for, I don't know, 20-odd years, to be fair, mm. on and off, you know. Um, and, yeah, it kind of just fell back into, well, we need to do product stuff. We need to be able to promote the, the stuff that we're making and do it properly. Um, so we took it a little bit more seriously and then mm. realised that we really, really, really enjoyed the photography side. And oh. it's kind of overtaken the clothing side to be fair especially in the last sort of two years, yeah. um, the photography side's covers, photography, videography, you know, content creation, the digital yeah. media. And that's kind of where we branched off into ZF Media over the last probably two, two to three years, uh, the ZF Media side, which is just an arm of the, the whole Zero Fucks kind of umbrella that we got underneath. Um, it's kind of taken a bit of priority and a bit of the, the, the you know, centre stage. Um but yeah, that's kind of how it kind of all came about, and it's just uh, kind of organically grown, really. So, so I guess yeah, we never looking for work. We never like went and said, "Can we have a paid job to anyone?" No, we just started getting asked. No, so yeah, we like, just kind of just. I guess you just kind of be everywhere. Yeah. really. <laughs> we were, you know. Spot. Yeah, just kind of you know, if there's something going on, we just turn up and take pictures and just send them to people and go, oh, like, you know. Is we we think these pictures are cool and people liked them and you know kind of went from there more so than anything. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because you know I met you guys. I think NJ and I both met you maybe. Oh no, 
you know, I met you at the CGC brunch, I think, or Corey, I think you remember the one last year? Was it that? That's where we met, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah, there was the brunch, I think, where we met first time, and then we went out on the um, Maloko ride, and we rode together a little bit on them. That was it. So is it, like you said, just organically grown right? Because, I mean, one of the things that NJ and I spoke about previously about you guys on, by the way, a discarded podcast we did where we rambled for two hours and none of it was usable. But... (laughs) (laughs) Much like this one's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what we were saying was... As he pops it up. What we were saying was most people see a lot of London cycling through your lens, so to speak. So a lot of the best pictures that people have submitted to us or that people have of themselves that are on Instagram typically are the ones you've taken right from a Rafa night out or, you know, a group ride and things like that. And as I guess the question I'm asking is, did it start with you going to events, taking photos, sharing it? And now the brands are coming to you saying, you know, we like what you do or how's that kind of grown from when you, you know, when it first started taking photographs of events really? Pretty much, I'd say. It was just going to events, having fun. Like, we like taking point-and-shoot cameras to parties and things like that and then sharing the photos. Mm-hmm. We weren't expecting them to go anywhere a lot of the time, but you, content for your own Instagram to start off with. Mm. And then people ask you to take shots or people start sharing the shots. So brands then come to you and like, can you take photos for this party or can you take photos mm-hmm. for this event? Mm-hmm. It, they're on everywhere. Yeah. We've yeah. got quite a select group of brands that we work with at the moment. We don't don't do massive amounts of work for lots of different brands. I think mm-hmm. it's just quite enclosed. So it's quite visual in the community in London. Yeah, I think it is quite tight. I mean, you know, it's not it's not that we don't want to work with any brands or anything like that, but it's kind of <clears throat> it's got to fit what we do in a way, which kind of works when brands do come to you for stuff because they obviously come to you because they they, they like what you do, they like your artistry, like how you how you um, portray cycling yeah. and, and or cycling or anything that is that you may be shooting. Um, so in that way, it kind of works rather than approaching people all the time and trying to sell something. I find, if from my experience anyway, if you do do that, you almost have to fit into a box um, in terms of how you do stuff. You know, with your kind of super clean. Uh, you know, it kind of sucks a bit of the fun out of it for us when everything's really clean because. Yeah. We like doing what we do, and that's why we do it, um, and putting our own spin on stuff. Um, so I think it works well when the brands do come to you and and, and ask you to do stuff. Yeah, we do approach brands, brands that we think that are that are cool and kind of fit with the style of stuff that we do, and we kind of believe in their 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 portrayal of the brand and, and how they put their brand across and what they're trying to what they're trying to sell. Um, I don't think we would just jump on any bandwagon and do anything for anyone if it's not something that we we believe in. We do get approached by, you know, some some brands out there that might say, Oh, can you do some stuff for this? Or and if we don't if it's not something that we we believe in or we think that people should spend their money on, because you know, cycling's an expensive sport. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. something that's it's accessible on many levels, but mm. the more you get into it, the more you spend. And if you're at the, you know, the top level of the brands, it can be really expensive. So we wouldn't, you know, go and work for something or, or, you know, produce content for something that we wouldn't spend our own money on. We'd like brands to come to us and be like, we trust you. 
there's the product or this is what we want shooting go and do your thing right, just come yeah. back with like, don't like to be essentially told oh yeah just gets a bit sterile and we're in this for for fun that's the ZF it's the zero fucks yeah it's like come on let's try and have a laugh and let things be organic if, Which, you, if you tell us we need a sunset sh- like shot sometimes it doesn't work yeah. like a lot of the times the best shot yeah is the last shot of the day where you're not even like trying to take a photo it's just one that and yeah. it just works organically and yeah, it's yeah. Of, and you know I think we try and create a fun environment which I think comes across in it. It's probably, you know, well, it depends on what you're into, but we try and have a laugh, you know. We don't take ourselves too seriously. I think it comes across in the pictures. It's, you know, it's supposed to be fun, isn't it? You know, it's not like it's supposed to be fun. I think if you yeah. suck the fun out of it and it's like, hit this climb and give me, I don't know, 1,000 watts for 30 seconds or whatever someone can do, go full gas, like, that could be fun in the right situation. It's a lot more fun if they've had four beers first. You know? <laughs> 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 suffering's fun but also having fun on your bike's fun you know whether that's at the coffee shop or mucking about in the field or doing skids in the local park you know whatever it is mm. I think that fun element's got, got to be something that we put into it you know we, we like to have a laugh well that's why we're doing it we're, we're doing it because we don't want to do our day jobs essentially yeah pretty much <laughs> you get stuck in office jobs and behind the desk computers we don't want to do it and the last thing we do is when we're doing our side thing, which is becoming a main thing, mm. is to make it sterile and fun because mm-hmm. then it just becomes the day job again. That you then chase something else to get yeah. out of that job. Yeah, you don't want to resent the thing that you're doing for sure. So, I mean, yeah. God, I'm sorry. Drink beer. <laughs> this is work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, I was going to take us back to, um, I guess. When did you, I guess, buy your first cameras? And then what about, I guess, taking photos did you fall in love with? For it to, from a hobby to get to this stage in your life where, I guess, brands are paying you to take pictures of their apparel? I always had, like, little point-and-shoot cameras and little fun cameras. I remember I went to Thailand and bought a little lomography film camera, little stupid thing. Like, someone told me when I bought it, if you look through the viewfinder, just shoot upwards a bit because it's a bit out. And I got back from Thailand and all the shots were just of the sky. (laughs) 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 But um, then I started taking photos on the bike when I started my Instagram. Like obviously I wanted to take photos of what we were doing, stopping at pubs at 10am. It was fun, like taking Mm. photos. And I had my phone and then that like, like upgraded to an old Olympus that I used to carry yeah. around on the bike. I like that Olympus. The Olympus was good. I nearly bought one again the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> camera book addiction. It does, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, just upgrade and upgrade and upgrade. And now I barely carry the camera on the bike, but always used to be that guy riding around with a camera on his back. Mm. Yeah. I think well, well my, my dad was into photography when I was younger. Uh, he had an old uh, Olympus OM10 film camera that he used to bring on our summer holidays and stuff. And we've got suitcases of old shots, old film and stuff. And it's, you know, it's quite evocative. You know, I used to love going through all of that stuff and he used to let me play with the camera and stuff like that when I was younger. So I used to love taking pictures and stuff like that and then didn't really do anything for years. You know, you grow up and go into skating, football, music, and, yeah. you know, pop beers, fags, whatever. I kind of left it all alone. And then I think it was probably around about 2007, 
uh, I was, I still can't feel I was in Hong Kong, and uh, one of my mates, Toby, he was getting into a few pictures, and we were out in Hong Kong, so we ended up buying cameras, so had an old Canon 50D, I think it was, was the first one I bought, because going back a few years, um, about 2007, and you kind of got more into my photography then, and my brother-in-law, yeah. and my brother-in-law's an incredible photographer and artist, he's a really good painter, drawer, an incredible photographer, doesn't give himself enough credit, to be honest. Um, and he was quite an inspiration for me um, in terms of taking pictures. He's kind of one of my go-to people. So there's probably three people that I care when I take a picture, um, and I think it's cool. That's probably the first thing. If I think a picture's cool, I quite like it, but there's a few people, if they give you that little that little nod of approval, that yeah. they're kind of giving me a boost. You know, just as one of them, because... One of our ongoing things is I'll end up taking a picture or we'll go out and we'll shoot, we'll do a shoot together and we get back and we're kind of going through our first cold images and stuff like that. And I'll be looking yeah. at Josh's laptop and I'm like, oh, fucked it, haven't I? I've absolutely ruined it, Esau. He's absolutely a photographer, I'm useless. And funny enough, he does the same thing, looks at my laptop and he hates all of his shots and we have to kind of separate and do them separately and come together. So he's probably one of the first approvals. Um, my, my brother-in-law is second uh, second approval. And then every now and then you get a little like on Instagram from, from the gods, which is Stuart Clapp. Shout out Stuart Clapp. Yeah, shout out Stuart Clapp. Because <laughs> if Clapp uh, if likes your picture, it's finished. Don't care if he gets one like, no likes, no shares, nothing. If he likes yeah. your picture, you know you smashed it. Because he is he's the photographer's photographer. You know, he, he's, he's the he's top star. So with that in mind, you know, maybe some of the, the brands you've worked with or maybe weddings that you've shot within the past three months or, you know, photos of your family and things. What do you think is... Clients are awful. Absolutely fucking awful. What do you think maybe, you know, one of the best shoots you've done or one of the best pictures you've taken? Uh, no doubt for me my favourite event stroke shoot that I've done was the Rafa Braindead launch I just feel like I hit my groove that night you annihilated it that night I just hit my groove <laughs> and like Jess Jess at Rafa as well yeah Jess yep. Rafa, yeah. but like so she I'll just gave us the creativity to do what we wanted to do like to be fair I'll, I'd agree with that after we shot Braindead Rafa I was probably this close to throw my camera away because his pictures were that good. Really? They really were. You know, you can't look at stuff and you go, I don't, well, I know how you've done it, but I don't know how you've done it. You know, it was just, it was, it was genuinely, it was really, really good shoot. It's still got some of my favourite pictures in it, to be fair, that I've never seen anyway. Yeah. You think you would have put some up on the wall? I would do, but I'm going to need that. I've got my pictures up on the wall. Pictures of his own face. You took them. As your tandem, your, what would you say your like, photography style is? Because usually when you think of photographers, mm. you think of just like the singular one person who shoots everything through, like I guess, one lens and their sort of creativity. How do you two, I guess, work with each other to have, like I guess, pictures that look seamless? I guess like a Pixar film, how there's lots of different animators, which makes it, but you think it's all just one person who's animated it. How would you say that, I guess, the stories that you tell through your, uh, through, through your image making, what's the word I'm trying to think of, uh, is like, I guess, not, it doesn't look like two people have shot it, if that's what, what I'm trying to get at, is 
I want ZF Media because they do a certain thing. Like, what would you say your, I guess, photography style is and how do you two, I guess, work together so your pictures aren't too contrasting? I think, like, we're just openly honest with each other the whole time. Like, there's no blowing smoke up each other's ass. Like, if we don't like something, if we don't like it, it's like, his photo is my photo, my photo is his photo. At the end of the day. Yeah. Where yeah. So, like, a lot of the time, maybe if we do a shoot, like, one person will go through the photos at the end and do the cull mm-hmm. and the initial edit, or we'll do an edit separately and then bring them back together. Yeah. and then work so it's cohesive but yeah. um, like we're so we're kind of in tune now mm. we know how we shoot yeah we're, we're, we're quite similar in terms of personalities and stuff like that we're not we're not like polars as it were you know um, yeah. so in terms of how how we come together in terms of like pulling shots and how we see stuff we see stuff quite similar which works mm. out quite well um so, I mean, in terms of composition and how we shoot something, organically, it's quite similar. We're not we're not miles apart yeah. how it is. We did spend quite a bit of time when we started taking things a little bit more seriously. You start doing the more corporate stuff and, you know, yeah. you need to have a look and you need yeah. to have something that's consistent through through what it is that you shoot. We did spend time sit down. We've, we've got a base amount of presets that we know that we, that we both use. They're not, they're not a mile off. And any time that we produce, if you know, for example, if I'm if we're out shooting or I go and shoot an event, sometimes it's not both of us. I might go and shoot an event, and the lighting is X. You know, I might come back with a with a preset that I've worked on based on that shoot, which is I don't know, cloudy and bright, for example. I might just call it cloudy bright, and I'll just share it and go right, cloudy bright. That's what we used on that shoot. Like for example, at, at your wedding camp, you know, we we, we produced like six or seven different presets when we got back from that, so that we knew, right, okay, go away, we'll go through all of our photos, we'll work with these as our base presets, and then we sat down together, and then we worked through the process to make sure that they're all consistent. Yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of coming back to, I guess, Josh's point of being honest, we are quite honest, and there's no, we don't take any hard feelings. It's probably one of the best things about working with, with someone like Josh and, and Josh working with me. We, we don't take offence to anything, you might go through a pitch and I'll go, oh, I like that, and Josh will go, no, that's shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it's shit, it's shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I might go, I like it for this, but if I like it for that, I'll go, boom, I'm not going to delete it, I'll keep it and I'll use it for myself. But yeah. it doesn't mean that it makes the final, the final edit that goes to a customer, a client, or goes out to socials or websites, or wherever it may be. Uh, so it doesn't get published, you know, but I might like it. Mm. Um, but if it doesn't fit the brick of what we're trying to achieve out of that shoot, there's no harm in someone saying that's, that's not great. We don't have to beat around the bush, you know, whereas some people would take offence to saying, oh, that shit, or I don't like that, or that's too dark, or <laughs> what the hell were you thinking there? You know what I mean? That's not even a focus, or whatever it might be, you know? You know, so we don't take offence to that. We just go, oh, fair enough. Go on, get rid of that one then. And sometimes it might be, like you say, I'll send Josh all the images, and Josh will go, oh, well, I got rid of all of those ones because they were shit, you know, and you're left with these images, and these are ones we're editing. Fair enough, well, you're editing them. Yeah. You know, that's Josh's judgment. Uh, in order to edit something that we're both going to be proud to put our name to, and and vice versa, and I think we're quite we're quite good like that. When it comes to the look, I think we're sticking to the more creative side. There's enough people doing those, like not that we can't do it, and that it's not okay to do, but those more clean commercial shots. Yeah, it's it's quite straightforward and not very inspiring. So we like to go and have fun with the camera, mm. play about, try different things. 
So just make it stand out a bit. Yeah. Now. I think we have a little bit more fun going out and you might spend the day doing shoot and it might end up that you, you know, you come back and you've got a thousand images. But out of that, you might only get three that you like. Yeah. But I'd rather do that and lose, you know, the 900 odd shots and go, do you know what? I've got five bands here and I'm happy with those five. Yeah. But I'd then go and go, I've got a hundred shots, they're all right. I'll put them out there, you know. I like... It's got to be something that I like. And again, probably something that is still coming with that confidence building and being comfortable with yourself is definitely at the point, I'd say, within the last year or so where, again, I don't really care uh, what other people's perception is. I think sometimes, yeah. you know, whether it's conscious or, self or, 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 or unconsciously, you'll look at them and you go, oh, I won't post that because, you know, maybe most people won't like it or they won't get it or they won't do it. Oh, forget that. I like it. I think it's a cool image and I'll send it out, you know. And mm -hmm. it's, I think, taking that step back and look at that and going, like uh, like you were saying, it's how I tell my story and how I see things. And I think that's where you create your coolest stuff in my eyes. So it's what I'd encourage anyone else to do, regardless of what it is that you do, whether it's taking pictures or, shooting videos or creating a podcast or just yeah. riding your bike or whatever it is that yeah. you do, you know, do it the way you do it and don't worry about what anyone else thinks. And if you do it with enough passion, I think people will like it because it will come across, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's before we go on something else, maybe to finish on this, the, the reason that we asked you guys to photograph our wedding was because of that. You know, I think we had a conversation where we were like, we don't necessarily want to have the, the wedding, you know, we need wedding photos of us together and families, but what we actually want is people having fun, people like dicking around. We want people in the smoking area. We want people just, to, we want candid shots of people talking or dancing or that kind of thing. So like, mm -hmm. however you've done it versus that static, like you said, slightly corporate way of taking photos, you've definitely done mm -hmm. it. And I mean- I that's, that's probably the best way to describe what we do. I think you've probably nailed candid. it there, is that candid BTS, real life, almost mm. like a street photography view yeah. on whatever it is that we do, whether or not that's whether or not that's shooting products, you know, clothing, whatever it may be, products for, for, for brands or parties for brands or events for brands or, or whatever it may be. We like to shoot it candid BTS and mm. shoot real people doing real life stuff. I hate it. The one of the biggest pet peeves of being out on a, an event shoot is you'll be half in a bush, you know, like a creep <laughs> on lens, you know, bowed down somewhere and someone spots you and they go, oh, and I'm like, I hate, it. hate it. 40 minutes hate it. <laughs> hate it. Hate it. Hate it. We get in amongst We are part, we just yeah. go as if we're guests at the party. Yeah. Like we don't want to be seen as the photographer in the corner. We just mix yeah. around, chat to everyone, have a laugh. Yeah. And stick a camera in your face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's another one there. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was I was watching some YouTube street photography guy walking around New York. I don't know what the channel's called, but you know when YouTube just throws you, throws you those random videos in your algorithm and you just click on them and then before you know it, you watch 45 minutes of this video and you're like, yeah. where, where have I got to? And it was just this guy in like New York 
teaching, showing his, his style of street photography. And it was just basically like, he would just get his like film camera out and just shoot it in people's faces. And that was his technique. And it was like, yeah. at some yeah. point, yeah. people like... Yeah. 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 He, had, he had a flash there as well, didn't he? I think I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, so like aggressive. But the shots <laughs> did look quite nice. Yeah. Um, I mean... You've got me prepared to die. <laughs> so we've talked about the ZF media part and I know obviously it's part of ZF, the global brand. I think I first came across it when you... I think, yeah, I, I, podcast is next, I hear. I, I first came across it when you did some bidons or bidon that were actually the measurements for, I think it was like a half pint yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid idea. I think that's Zero around in the pub, didn't it? After a ride. Yeah, I don't. I, no, the first bottle had one on. Because yeah. Yeah, but that coming that come around in the yeah. pub. I think we were having. I can't remember why. Yeah. Someone poured a beer into a beadle and it like, should have pint measurements on the side. So like, I think the first three or four beadons had pint measurements on it the did, side. Yeah. Yeah. And the supplier was like, "You know, it's not actually a pint. You're not supposed <laughs> to put that on there." It's like. Read the bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <literally> says on. <laughs> so tell us about well, that maybe it, just not serious. Yeah, maybe tell us about that. Obviously, you know, if people are listening to this, they can't see that, that you know Corey's wearing a a ZF sweatshirt. But it, I miss it. Was it the brand that came first? And I guess what were you when you decided to do it? What was your kind of thoughts about what you wanted to make or what you thought people wanted to see? What, what was the kind of the, the apparel or, or, or the branding part of that like? There was no real motivation, like really. Like I started Zero Fuck CC just as an Instagram thing. And then I went out for a ride and someone had the idea of making speed on. So I was like, fuck it. I went back to the office, went on to Canva and like designed the bead on, sent it off, ordered a hundred, and they sold. And I was like, oh shit, sold some bead ons. And then that went on to, <laughs> I used to, I used to be an ambassador for Atticus, yep. the yeah. cycling brand. Yeah, I know. Cycling. And I was up with Jimmy and Emily, mm. and we were watching something on Netflix that was about old street style and like those old Gucci prints. And I was yep. like, it would be a, such a fun idea to do a jersey with just zero fucks on it, all over it, just really small. And they were like, then I went away and then I messaged Jimmy and I was like, can we do it as an Atticus custom? He was like, fuck it, yeah, let's do it. So kind of done a jersey as a mystery jersey, I think it was. Yes. Like, so people didn't know what they were getting, so they just ordered it <laughs> and then it was just delivered. Like, I'm going to copyright, yeah. copyright that idea. Bring back, that, bring back the mysteries. We need to because that was that was fun and I enjoyed it. But then, like, it was just stupid ideas, stupid designs, all pretty much designed by myself mm-hmm. with input from Corey as well. Like, he would have an idea, and then I I learned how to use Illustrator and just came up with the ideas and design. I'm not a designer. Don't know what I'm doing. He's pretty good at it. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's kind of how it was. Just little snippets of ideas and turn them into a jersey or a hoodie or a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what else we made. Socks. Uh, socks. So we did socks. So we, it, 
I think probably one of the things it evolved into was, in terms of promotion, was me and him doing stupid shit. So we would go, right, and we would call it stupid shit. We'd go, what, what can we do that's stupid that we've got no, summer literally no business doing? So uh, I think it was first summer in lockdown, wasn't it? 2020. Um, George Floyd? Yeah, George That's Floyd. So, um, you know, the whole late minutes, etc. We said, oh, we do, uh, we'll do 80, was that 80 laps or 88 laps? 80 laps of Regent's Park. 80, 80 laps of Regent's Park. Um, I don't think that year we'd ridden over. That's 350 kilometres, probably. Yeah. So we, that year we hadn't ridden more than about 60 laps in one go. So we we've not done anything any any term of distance at all. And yeah. uh I, I think we, we we were texting, we said, Oh, let's ride eighty laps. And he went, Yeah, fuck it, come, we'll ride eighty laps. And then um <laughs> Josh has got a thing, so if you're not prepared to do something, don't mention it to him. Because what Josh will do is he'll go, oh, okay, yeah, we'll do it. And then he makes it extremely public. And yeah. tags you in it uh, straight before it, and you have to do it. <laughs> so he literally did that, and I think within about 40, 45 minutes, he had um, um, a um, charity page up and whatnot, and everything was like official while we were doing it. That's yeah, like, it got real very quickly, really quick, really quick. And I think it was probably only about six weeks before, wasn't it? Something like that. If that it wasn't, wasn't particularly long, so we didn't do any wow. long rides or anything before we did it. Um, and then we were like, well, we need to raise some money for charity. I don't just want people to pay me to, they should be able to have something for it. We had, we had Zellatex on, so we made some socks. Of, no, I don't have one. They were the ones with the fist in the back. Yep. I don't know if you've seen those. I remember uh, those. We, yeah. made those for, we made those. Yeah, so we made those. And that was basically to um, give some, some people something tangible that they could have uh, from supporting what we were doing. Uh, but also, I guess, to to show that they supported a cause in a way as well. Because um, yep. we made those socks and, yeah, we ended up riding, was it 356? 355k. Absolutely horrible down the bike. Still gives me PTSD. Yeah, I don't really like riding, riding Regent's Park. It's been too long there. We got there at 5 in the morning and we finished it about quarter past 10 at night. And we had loads oh, no. of to ride with us. Wow. It was brilliant. Up until lunch, it was great. I think we'd done about... <laughs> About 190k or something before lunch. We sat down for lunch and we were sat in the park. It was a nice day. Mm. So we sat in the middle of the park. We had oh, yeah. food set up. Um, what's the place in King's Lane here? Dorling and Co. Dorling and Co. Shout out to Dorling and Co. and King's Langley. They sent us a uh, massive hamper oh, nice. to support us for the day. And uh, yeah, we had loads of people come up. My wife came up with the kids, whatnot. My we food. And, and, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we had loads of food, and then yeah, we got back on the bike, and I had severe cafe legs for about forty minutes, oh, and then my shit. right knee went. And I was just in a hole for about one hundred and twenty k, basically riding oh. one leg. Horrible. And then our mate Lewis turned up like a knight in shining armor, probably about fifty sixty k from the end. He rode from Watford, mm. um, or out to, to Regent's Park to meet us. And then basically towed us round until That's what you want. Mate. Yeah, literally got and myself. Yeah. And then he was gonna he's like, I'm gonna ride home. I was like, no, get in the car. Mate, and then I was so tired and then killed him. Shout out Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out Lewis. He's a monster, by the way. Don't ever ride with him, his zone two is really high. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe with talk of regents, we use that as time to go to a break. 
Welcome back, everyone. Now we're going into our quick Q&A session. So, so lads, I know you've spoken about Regents, but what, what do you think is more, more pro, Regents or Richmond? Regents. Big Regents, more pro. There's times I've been there. Richmond, lovely. I think it's got... Richmond, I'd rather ride Richmond all day. I think Richmond's got way, way more of a nicer vibe, way more friendly. Richmond's got a lot of hitters, a lot of hitters. It's just mad fast. Well, it can be slow, but it's fast. Normally, you kind of get it, you end up sucked into a group, and the next thing you know, it's just rapid, and you only end up doing a few laps, and then it's off for coffee. So I think, yeah, Regents is more pro. Richmond's way more fun. I've never really ridden Richmond. Ridden like a couple of laps, maybe, but I don't really know it. Mm. Don't really know it too well. Shot some cameras there and stuff. So I'll probably go Regents. Right. Nice. It's got history for me. It's got history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back. loop one time. Technically, we had a bet. Like, in October. Don't start this shit. We had a bet in October. <laughs> no, 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 I lost. But, oh, this one. Yeah, no, yeah, this one. Uh, we had a bet in October. We had to ride pretty much every day in October. We'll do an hour of exercise. Yeah. yeah. And no drinking with two veto right. days. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had to have no, a video day for Oktoberfest. Happens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the loser was going to have to go and ride 200k on their own. Yeah, with really? no friends, not allowed to ride in the group. In shit uh, kit. In shit kit, yeah. Oh, like, oh. No kit or a marmite. Not that we care. Pines beans. Pines yeah. beans. Something like that. Not that we care if people is actually flavour. Yeah, we're going to make it very Euro, so you have to wear like a triple XL, you know, like when it hangs down the back. And that yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to make it. <laughs> if anyone asked, you weren't allowed to tell them why you were doing it. Yeah, you just had to ride it. But it was more than 200k <laughs> on your own, isolated, no friends, weren't allowed to ride with anyone. If anyone followed you, you have to ride the other way. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, that was it's <laughs> kind of motivation we have to have to make us yeah otherwise I won't do stuff so you kind of got to, I've got to be scared <laughs> into doing stuff so was there a winner or a loser no there wasn't we both did it this time we both did it the year before um, I said I'd just a flight actually he owes me a flight somewhere I have a flight somewhere which is the best thing about it because we never agreed where um, but we had to exercise every day wasn't it yeah every day okay. he put out something this is going back to the Instagram stories of me just announcing stuff. Yeah. He put out something and was like, I'm going to ride every day now. And I was like, Corey set challenge, going to ride every day forever. First one to lose has to buy the other one a flight somewhere. Yeah. I think we did 130 odd days or something yeah. in a row. And uh, we were riding through Christmas, we rode Christmas Day. Wow. Everything, it was fine. And then I think it was, I think we agreed that we would call it on the 1st of January I think it was the 29th of January I got pissed on the 28th got up on the 29th and I was like, I was like no, not riding don't care don't care and then it, it was I think it was two minutes past 11 I just instantly regretted it because I knew there wasn't an hour left I could have just got on the bike and then he messaged me at one minute past four he'd lost and then ribbed me for about two months on Instagram so I still own a flight uh, but we never agreed where so I'm going to buy him a one way flight to Birmingham <laughs> so in answer to your question regents yeah regents sorry <laughs> Ram, <laughs> massively <laughs> random 
<laughs> so when you are getting when you are getting spat out the back of the group at Regents and call it a day, where, where are you um, where are you going for a coffee? Ooh. The pub. Yeah. Pub. Any pub. Nice our, our, our coffee's amber. Yeah. Normally about six percent. Uh, <laughs> no uh, <laughs> coffees. Favorite coffee around here. Jokes aside, favorite coffee places around here is Fred and Ginger, King's Landing, or Burkhamsted. They've got two. Norskin really Hadnam. Norskin Hadnam. It's one of my favourites. Right, two right over the children's. They've got. They do a bakewell there. That's worth burying yourself for an hour to get there. It's worth going over White Leaf. Yes. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. And then uh, it used to be called uh, Misset, which is just down the road in Tree. It sadly uh, closed down. It's been reopened. Well, Church Farm. Church Farm Cath now, which is just down in um, Albury, just on the other side of Tring, which again is another great coffee shop. Yeah. They're there and they're cycling focused. And you've got Chilton Velo, which is just by my house as well. So, anyone, there's a couple of cycling based cafes around here. And nice. I'd say that, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, those those ones are great. Fred and Ginger's are really friendly. Uh, friendly coffee shop. They sponsor Watford Velo as well, uh, so they're, they're they're keen on their side of thing as well. So you're always welcome with your bikes, and you don't get looked like too much of a weirdo in your cycling kit, which is always handy when you nip into yeah. an artisan place. So a little bit, a little bit of a coffee snob, not a very good one, but I do like good coffee. So uh, yeah, I would rate the coffee at all those places. And as you you keep bringing it up, what, where's your favourite place for amber amber based drinks? Ooh. Oh, not too fussy, really, are we? No, I mean, I like a good, I like a good old man's pub. You know, mm. I like a good old man's pub because you know they're putting some numbers through their pipes, so their beer's fresh and it's wild. <laughs> it's good. And there's a couple of there's a couple of places. I've got really got into Guinness recently, so anywhere yeah. that does a good Guinness um, is good. But you know, there's King's Arms and Tring. We drink off in the in what for the the Nascot. Might have had a pint earlier. I'm not going to lie to you. Um. On a Monday. <laughs> On a Monday. Pint earlier. I was working so, hard. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, yeah. No. Pretty much anywhere. To be honest, we do just like a good pub. A good pub. So anywhere that's en route and opens early enough. Because if you're out in the morning, I like to finish with a nice pint about eleven. Sometimes mid ride. Sometimes people are shocked when they ride with us. They think it's a joke. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, it's ten a.m. We're looking for a pub." Yeah, <laughs> people do get mid ride. I mean, it was a great story. We um, we were in Bjorka doing the three twelve. We weren't doing the three twelve. We did the two twenty five. It's yeah, not stupid for clarity. I'm not. I'm not riding three hundred and twelve k. It's really flat. No, 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 no interesting. No, no. um, <laughs> but um, we 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 were riding the route. And we got down to Andretch and uh, we were pretty hungry, pretty thirsty. So we decided to stop. And I think when we stopped, we had a couple of pints and we shared uh, a couple of bottles of red wine mid-ride and then proceeded to ride about 150k. And people were miffed on our way back when they were like, you had a couple of pints and a bottle of red wine. It's like, yeah, can't feel my legs. It's great. <laughs> I've got a top tip for anyone. They had to do the New York 312. Miss the cutoffs, but take the turn in anyway. Because yeah. then you just get the island to yourself. Yeah, because it's there's definitely. no other people still closed, so just hang back and just enjoy it. Yeah, closed roads on your own. Yeah, group. So there was quite a that year, there was quite a bad crash at the bottom of the first climb coming out of Palenza, and um, 
yeah, they basically said, oh, everyone turn left. Um, we just turned right and went, went the way we're going anyway. And the roads were still, because it's a rolling road, clo- road, road closure, they were still closed. So, yeah, we just got to enjoy it. It was just about six of us just enjoying the island on the jacks. It was lovely, really good. And then we looped back in and joined up with the route and got towed into the finish, which was lovely. Yeah. Oh, that sounds beautiful. The 1920s Tour de France diet as well. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, oh, did pay, right. we did pay. We didn't, we didn't just see it. <laughs> that video is great. <laughs> it was really 1920s. We didn't see it. We paid. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that video is unbelievable as well isn't it you know and they just like there's like some little old lady the on the side of the road and the guy's just sort of ramming in there nicking bottles of wine absolutely yeah. love it yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that Tor used to pick it up and they'd just be like yeah got the red wine just sharing it around the peloton what a time put it what on time. the tab yeah so so we've uh, we've spoken about the stuff that you love in cycling. Is there anything that you dislike about cycling or you feel is a bit overrated and you've never really got? I think people can take themselves too seriously, to be honest. I think there's a yep. lot of, you know, I think you know, to people that do take it seriously and stuff. It's one of the reasons to stop playing football. Because, oh, um, yeah. you know, we're not in the Premier League. So I don't need to be shouted at on a Sunday morning. I don't want to be shouted at on my ride either. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I think it's a little bit too serious. I think that's probably one of the things I dislike. I think I wish people would have more fun. Mm. You know, that's probably my only thing I'd like to take away from it is I wish people would have more fun. And I think a lot of people could have more fun while still being fast. You know, yeah. fast is fun. You haven't got yeah. to take it too seriously. You're not, there's not millions at stake here. Yeah. You know, there's no no need to send like Pantani. You're not him, you know. <laughs> Sometimes just just enjoy your bike ride and don't take it too seriously. If someone needs to stop, let them stop. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Just enjoy your bike ride. And I think that's probably the only thing I dislike about cycling is people taking it a little bit too seriously or judging people for what they choose to wear. You know, I like I like cycling fashion. I like looking what I think is cool on a bike and wearing cool kit and. You know, I think it's amazing that there's brands out there that are doing cool stuff because there wasn't a lot of brands that were doing cool yeah. stuff. Probably, you know, like it or hate it, pre-Rafa, mm-hmm. I don't think there were many there brands. Nothing. There was nothing. Maybe, maybe Castelli, but pre-Rafa made cycling cool again. Mate, do you remember you know, the... Uh, you can like it, right? Mate, do you remember the quarter zips with the flappy arms pre-Rafa? Yeah. T- your mum used to have to take in at the arms because, like... Like yeah, Andre the Giant was it. getting in it. Like you. It was like a body like a catwalk, my arms like Arnold. Like it didn't quite make sense the proportions. But I think you know, like it or not, Rafa made cycling cool again. Yeah, and I think it's cool to you know be into something and wear a cool kit, and if that's what you're into. But also, there's nothing you can't stop people that just wear whatever it is that's appropriate for them to wear on the bike, and don't not include people because they're not dressed as cool or what you think is as cool as, as you think what people should be on bikes, you know. So I think that, that elitist thing, although it's going, I think needs to just get, get the hell out of cycling. And uh, I think people need to have a little bit more fun. I think he said it all, to be honest, as always. Yeah, well, yeah I he's, he's the talker. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm pretty much along the same line. But just the elitism, it's just unnecessary. Especially when you're on your Sunday group ride. Mm. Just chill out, have fun, have a chat. There's no need to be 
doing fucking efforts on a group ride. If you want to do that, do that on your turbo or solo. Mm. Or if you're doing a chain gang and it's supposed to be like that, fair enough. Yeah. But if it's just a group ride, just do that. Don't ride like five bike limbs in front of the group mm-hmm. because you're showing that you're stronger than them. Yeah. Also, one other thing as well. Oh, here we go. We've got oh, yeah, we've got <laughs> There's one more thing. There's one more thing. It is because I'm I'm a cyclist, right? I, I love I love riding my bike. I'm, I'm a cyclist, and I think we need to be safe out there. And I think there's a lot of things that people do that make it difficult for us to be safe, or make drivers hate us more. Because yeah. drivers don't like us in this country. I'm also a petrol, right? I'm a massive petrol, and I love cars. And I, I get both sides of it when things are annoying. So when people ride, you know, three, four abreast on a road, fine, don't mind. Be safe, be seen, all of that, gubbins. But if there's a car behind you, drop it into single file, let the car pass. Yeah. Then go back to what you're doing. Right? That part arrogance of, but it's also my road and you don't pay road tax because road tax doesn't exist. I get that. Yeah. Right? But just let, let the cars pass. Just let it pass. And then everyone's safe. And maybe they'll hate us a little bit less. Maybe they won't. But, <laughs> do you know, um, I just think that whole car versus bike um, confrontation that we've got, I think there's protagonists on both sides that don't make it any easier for either side. So I wish that people in cars would be a bit more understanding. You know, the bikes are doing 20 miles an hour. That's pretty fast if you're pedaling yourself. <laughs> can't go that much faster give them a chance to fall in line but also if there's a car behind and someone says car back just drop in single file let the car pass and maybe everyone would be a little bit safer mate but that's my last moment but that cycle's fucking brilliant <laughs> speaking of brilliant oh, shit. <laughs> speaking of brilliant cycling things um, where do you guys stand on white bib shorts this is a white bib short safe space so, I think there's a couple of people that don't, <laughs> don't work. The pause. There's a couple of people that <laughs> Mario Cipollini, he'd get away with it. Terrible person, great he's, cyclist. He's topless. Topless. <laughs> topless white bibs. He does what he wants. <laughs> he does what he wants. He also um, wore a toga, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Yeah. He also wore a full-length, like, full-leg, full-arm skin suit in... Zebra colours, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Midnight, in late 90s. There's that, uh, the muscle skin suit as well. Where was like oh, yeah, the muscle skin suit as well. Yeah, what a guy. What a guy. <laughs> Your argument is like going down and down and down. The it more is. they talk. It is. But the, yeah, I think Chippo did it well. Uh, who else? Did Brian bring out white shorts in the GB kit? I think Brian he did. did. I think he did. did. That wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Didn't um, Vanderpool just bring out the Vanderpool did, did it, I think. And I think um, a couple of people have done it okay. As a rule, no. I'm okay if it's a skin suit. Yes. Although right. people hated on those luminous bibs. They, they did. They people hated on those luminous bibs. They were grim. I love them. Don't wear them if you're doing a gravel ride. That's all I'll say. Yeah, listen to yourself. In Nice, I reckon they look pretty fresh. Yeah, right. In the, in the right context, white bibs can be okay. Can be okay. There's, there's one cyclist that you forgot off your list. Oh, it's, no, no. I remember who did it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like you, thank you, London. 
<laughs> Had to stick the boot in. Had to stick the boot in. I'm thinking the right time, right time and right place, why didn't you buy? I think, again, go back Not to zero. Not in London, basically. Go back to zero fucks, do what you want. I, I'm just, I, I'm part Don't of, care I'm part of the brand identity. Like, that's it. I'm just more worried about the Mickey drips. Yeah. You don't want the amber patch in the front. Yeah. You have a mid-right piss. If you have to, if you've you you got get some a, an incident of the Tom Doom problems. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> One gel too many could spell disaster in white bibs. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Fairness, one coffee could do it. Yeah, yeah. First coffee is always the last one. <laughs> so, uh, cycling's full of, I guess, iconic images. But where would, where, what, what do you prefer? Seeing like cobbles or mountain races? And um, what would you prefer cycling on cobbles or mountains? Watching probably the cobbles riding the mountains. I think that's a fair call. I, I think, don't think anyone is... enjoys riding on cobbles that's really honest with themselves. For a long dip, how, what's the longest you've ridden on cobbles? 10k. Exactly. <laughs> Go and do Paris Roubaix and tell me you still like cobbles. <laughs> so I, I thought. I thought I was. I genuinely <laughs> thought I was going to die. Genuinely yeah. thought I was going to die. Uh, my tires, I like pumped up to the max. Like so, you, you you flick them and they make that pinging noise. That goes back to the days of having a claw bumper. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's there's. I loved it and I felt great. And I think it's a part, you know that I thought, well, no one else would do this. And then I saw like a pro doing it at like 45k an hour. And I was like, yeah. fine. Yeah, as well. I think we rode some of the Roubaix sections earlier this year when we were over bit. in Roubaix. We rode little bits of it. You know, no more than a couple of K. A couple of the, couple of the I think that three or four star sectors. Yeah. Proper couples, you know. Yeah. And they're savage. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to race them. I don't mind riding them, but I wouldn't want to race them. But imagery-wise, I think if you're going to photography, mm. a wet day in Belgium. Amazing. The best images you'll ever see in your entire life. You look at the most iconic images in cycling, it has to be from the classics. You know, whatever classics they may be, but, you know, people peppered in dirt, mud all over their face, soaked Empty. You don't see a more empty cyclist or a more empty peloton, I think, than you do in the classics. You know, you you get one or two at the front end when you're in the mountains. A lot of the other people ride within themselves at the Grand Tour because they've got to ride again tomorrow. But I think the classics are so iconic because it's one day and they leave everything on the road and it's, they're treacherous conditions. They're hard. Even in the summer, you know, they're covered in dust. And, uh, or in the summer, in the warm, in the sun, they're covered in dust and it's it's... From an imagery perspective, I don't think you can get anything more iconic that tells how hard cycling is than pictures of people at the end of Paris Bay or, you know. Yeah. Uh, iconic shot at the end of yeah. Bay. Dust on the face, glasses off, ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the floor, absolutely yeah, you know, Tour of Flanders, you know, any, any of those, you know, on the Newsblad, any of the classics, you know, your semi-classics. 
I think imagery wise is they're, they're my favourite pictures of cycling. Um, riding, I don't think you can beat an early summer's day in the high mountains. It's fresh, it's sunny, you're cruising, you get to see stuff that you'd never normally see. You're not burying yourself so much, you can ride within yourself a little bit of climb, you're comfortable, you know, shorts. T-shirt. I mean, I don't know. Right, I feel like I'm there, mate. Yeah. I don't know. Where <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> I don't know where you want to yeah. go. You're right. Summer holiday. Where do you want to go? Alps, Mallorca, oh, maybe Calpain. No, actually, do you know where I want to go? Can we go get my <laughs> yeah. summer holiday. Get <laughs> 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 in February. <laughs> no one said it. Get in February. Epic. Which is what we done. We did, and it was hell. It's probably my hardest ride. Really. Riding from Calais. Calais to was it get? It was get. Yeah, it was get. Calais to get. Pan flat. Windy. Loaded bike. We had all of our cattle gear with us. This is February this year. Yeah, we went to shoot. We rode. Uh, I remember that. Went on loop with Laser and yeah. Gloria. Yeah. We yeah. rode Gloria bikes. Shout which out comfortable, to be Shout out Carlos. Shout yeah. out Carlos. Shout out Carlos. Nicest man in London. Pretty much, yeah. You need to, you need to bike wise, go see Carlos. Yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a big ride, wasn't it? It was a block headwind for starters. Yeah, always. Pretty much. We got off the alley and uh, hooked to left. And it was quite nice until we got to... We were promised a tailwind as soon as we turned. Yeah, we were promised That's a going to happen. And it yeah. didn't happen. We turned happen. and the wind turned and gave yeah. us another block headwind. The temperature dropped and it started pissing the rain. How miserable was that? We rode probably... That's probably Belgium riding. Yeah, it was. We got a full Belgian welcome. It was blockhead wind, <laughs> driving rain, freezing cold, and he was miserable. We rode about 10 metres apart for about 60k. Jesus. Fell off. <laughs> yeah, fell off. Yeah, fell off. Yeah, they got one over Pushed the in a bush by a tractor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great experience. He was the nicest man in cycling. I blame Carlos. <laughs> I had knobbly tyres, he had six. Yeah. That's the only reason I was faster than that. Nothing to do with those great legs. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think, yeah, imagery, classics, cobbles, cyclone-wise, manners. Fair. Well, guys. I concur. Well, guys, look, we won't keep you for too long. Thank you for being on the podcast. Have you got anything to plug? Where can people find you? As you can find us at ZF Media or at ZF Media underscore on Instagram or uh, Riding Bikes Taking Picks Riding Bikes Taking Picks or Corey, Corey ZF Media to keep it simple over here uh, so that's us on Instagram and our website is www.zfmedia.co.uk uh, but yeah if you want to get us up for some pictures give us a shout we're pushing like a load of different bits and bobs at the moment so we're not only just doing brand stuff we do want to help people out as well because we do love the community and we like being out there and having fun yeah we was talking about doing some social media shoots for people yeah so another thing that we'll, we'll be looking at is doing some content creation for people cool so um, where, where people want a little bit more of a zing on their socials and stuff like that we're going to start offering, offering some packages for people that's uh, accessible to get you know professional level pictures for a reasonable price to, to push their own brand and their own their own stuff on their socials so, uh, yeah, that is something that we want to do just to, I guess, not, not give back, but support the scene and support the stuff that we like. We don't want to see cycling going. We want to see it go from strength to strength, whether that's cycling, running, whatever it is that you do. Um, 
you know, clothes, modelling, anything. Uh, where we want to offer packages for people that helps them push their own stuff forward and do something that they like doing is uh, and generally don't give a fuck and want to have fun doing it so yeah it's something else that we'll be doing doing moving forward so you'll be able to see that on, on our socials there's a caveat you have to buy us a beer at the end of the shoot facts facts sounds <laughs> 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 like pints and power bays up your up your street yeah. It definitely is. It definitely is. We've got a couple of ideas for a little, little couple of events as well. We're yeah. going to do uh, our own version of your uh, region's world champs. We're going to do, uh, well, hopefully, one day, if you don't get arrested for doing it, beer climb world championships. So um, be hill climb season. And last race after the nationals when people are taking themselves less seriously. But uh, there's a couple of climbs, a couple of savage climbs out this way. Turn up, have a beer, ride the climb. Last man standing wins. So you do you one. You have a beer at the bottom. Come down, have another beer, ride it, come down. Last man standing wins. Oh my God. Oh. What happens if you don't drink beer? Are you like drinking? Last person standing. Last, Last person standing. Very good. Well, <laughs> what, happens, yeah, what happens if you don't drink beer? Is, is wine the option? Or is lucky it saint. Oh, yeah, oh, you can wine. have wine, you can have lucky saint. You could just have sparkling water. But it needs to be fizzy. So Prosecco, sparkling water, lucky saying alcoholic, non-alcoholic, just needs to be fizzy. You could have 10 cans of Coke if you want. I'm not sure it's going to help you. (laughs) I'm not sure it's going to... Sprite, because the Sprite challenge, I don't think that's going to sort anybody out. I'd rather have a bit. (laughs) Well, Josh, Corey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And we'll speak to you soon. And hopefully... We'll see you on our group ride. Work in progress pending March. 100% we'll be there. Oh, yeah, see the post. There are a lot of lights. Bye.